Hi, this is Susan. And this is Katie. And welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. And I'm excited about today because um, we are getting to sit down and listen to the story of Megan Gonzalez. And the reason I'm excited about this is because Portia is the one that has introduced us to Megan. And Portia, you know, Portia's not one that will give compliments unless she really firmly believes it. Like I am an exaggerator and I ridiculously exaggerate things. Portia, when she says something is the bee's knees, you know, to believe it because she means it. And she cannot say enough beautiful things about Megan. And so, um, after I knew Gwen had talked to her, I was like, I would call her. I'm like, okay, what did you think? She was like, she's just as fabulous as Portia said. So yeah, I'm so excited. Um, Megan is going to tell her story. Oh, go ahead. And Portia is so sad she couldn't be with us today. Oh, my gosh. But Portia actually has little kids running around, and she didn't have a sitter. Yeah. She texted, and she was like, we do not need Shepard in our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) She is quite sad. But um, I'm I'm not going to introduce Megan too much because we always like her story um, to be the thing that introduces them. But... um, I love the title and the sentence that Gwen sent me about Megan because I am a crazy daydreamer uh, as far as I'll get grandiose ideas in my head and either my husband has to talk me down or my team has to talk me down in some way. But this is what she says, Katie, and I know you're going to like this too. It says, Megan is the inspiration and director behind Maymay, a creative agency bringing daydreams to life. Oh my heavens. I mean, do you not just love that sentence, Katie? I mean, I love it so much. I just can't even handle it. Susan, when I saw that line. Yes. Uh Oh, Susan's going to go crazy. Yes. He is going to want to hire Megan on a long-term basis because Susan has so many daydreams for this podcast and other things. And I'm like, watch out, Megan. <laughs> I know. Because well, I just kept thinking, how many times in the middle of the night do I text Katie and Portia and Gwen? And I'm like, I got an idea. Now, half the idea did not come to fruition. But some of them come to fruition. <laughs> Truthfully, probably weekly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. We've got to have a meeting. we got to have a meeting. i got to tell you, it's, it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, guys, let's just do a quick Zoom call because I got an idea. And so that's when I read that first sentence. I'm like, okay, we're totally going to love Megan. So without further ado from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it's, she said it's supposed to snow tomorrow. Uh, listeners, this is Megan Gonzalez, and you're going to love her as much as we are in here. <laughs> Welcome, Megan. Thank you, Susan and Katie. I appreciate those really that kind introduction. And I love a message, that, any message I receive from a friend or client that starts with, I have an idea. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> well, you and Susan would be best friends. Right? I know. I like that. I like that. Instead of a groan, I like that. Oh, I like that message. <laughs> now, I am curious about this whole, I know you're going to get, you're going to start talking to us about May May, but um, the, one of the things that Gwen said was that you did not consider yourself to be an artist. Mm. but you knew you were supposed to study art in college. So tell us all about that. Yeah, so I grew up um, with the privilege of getting to try a lot of different activities as a kid. I played violin, um, and I was on swim team. I was involved in church, um, playing with friends. And I think I always had a, uh, like, I was drawn to creative things, but that was an area I didn't really, like, have any formal instruction in or, like, like organized activities around. So when I was um, preparing to go to college, I something that really stuck out to me, I think it's probably because my friend Whitney was studying art. Um, And she had grown up taking a lot of art classes and she said her major was going to be art. And I was kind of like, oh, not that I was trying to imitate her, but I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was an option. I I feel (laughs) so strongly about that. Um, And I think it kind of came as a surprise to my parents, like art, where is this coming from? Um, And I honestly, I don't really know. I recently had that thought. Maybe it was because my friend Whitney was talking about it, but I really don't know where the idea came from or like at what moment I knew I wanted to study art. 
And I went to Biola University and there was not an opportunity for me to study art there as a freshman because you had to have a portfolio. And I had never created anything that would um, work in a portfolio. Like I did a lot of collaging, um, like a lot of Lego play with my brothers, but none of that was documented and ready for a portfolio. Um, so I flip-flopped my major, I believe, four times before that first semester even concluded. Wow. And then, um, during the interterm between first and second semester, I was at school for a swim team and I was talking dreams. I have an idea, you know, with some friends, like our ideas, our dreams. And I had referenced how I wanted to study art, but it wasn't a possibility for me. And a few weeks later, one of those friends in that conversation came to me and said, did you know they dropped the portfolio requirement for the art department at school? And I was like, I'm in. So I already knew where to change my major at school because I had already done it so many times. So I went there and filled out the forms again. Um, and the first day I couldn't even figure out, I'm not good at directions to begin with, but I couldn't even figure out where the art department was my first day of class. Um, so I arrived late and we're sitting around the table and you have to walk in and everyone's looking at you like, who are you? And we went around and we all said who our favorite artist was. And I didn't know any artists and I didn't want to sound dumb and say something like Picasso that just, you don't even know any of that, that, that person's artwork. You just know the name. So I said the, an artist that my parents had a piece of this person's art and this person is not famous at all <laughs> and, you know, try to sound deep or something. But, um, yeah, I just, even though I was a stranger in that class and even though I didn't know any artist names, I just knew that was where I was supposed to be. And so that kind of started a journey, um, through the rest of school of studying different disciplines. And I was constantly like changing my dream. I wanted to be a furniture designer, a fashion photographer, a uh, book designer. You know, as I was introduced to new things, I became really passionate about uh, the potential of what each of those practices, what it translates into as a profession later. Um, and yeah, so that's how my journey started as a non-artist in the art department. And one moment that really stands out to me that I felt like, oh, this confirms I belong here more than a feeling is in a 3D design class, we uh, were, had to get food from the cafeteria and kind of like make paintings or like sculptures or just some kind of vis visual um, representation, um, an abstract kind of piece out of food from the cafeteria. And it was the first moment my teacher kind of like paused and was like very impressed and complimentary of what I was making. And it was this thing where you're like, I knew it. Like these, nobody, there's not a profession necessarily where you take food and you paint with it. But like, I knew it. I knew that there, I, that when I get around raw materials, I can make things out of it and they speak to me and I'm able to work with them to do something. Um, so that was, that was like a first confirmation. And then uh, my senior year, my dad was watching me on the computer doing graphic design and he was like, you could make money doing this. And he was so impressed. And that was so affirming to me. And actually, when he said, you could make money doing this, um, I, I started my business from that. Like, no plan. That wasn't like my dream to like have my own business. But I was so affirmed by that statement from him um, and knew I had the skills to do it. So I started May May, uh, my senior year of college, pretty much just for fun. And like kind of on a whim and no way. Yeah. That was the origins of it. I love it. What does May May stand for? May May means little sister in Chinese. Um, my mom's heritage is Chinese. So my heritage too. Um, and my brothers called me May May when I was little. Um, oh. I'm the big sister, but it, it was kind of one of those things where they called me May May because like they couldn't say Megan and then you find meaning in that. Like, yeah, there you go. It means little sister. So that was the easiest part about starting a business was the name. <laughs> so you, you were a senior in college and you were, so what did you do? I mean, like, what were your first clients? Like, what did you do your senior year of college? So at that point, I was mostly taking graphic design classes. So I was really interested in what I could do in print 
design. And uh, I was designing my own wedding invitation. My husband, Jason, and I got engaged um, October 14th, 2007. So actually, we're coming up on that anniversary soon. Um, So I was designing wedding invitations for us when my dad was impressed by what I was doing. And so what I did was I thought, okay, I could make other wedding invitations and just stationary in general for other people. So the official name of the business was May May Papery. And I reached out to anybody on Facebook. You used to be able to see if someone was engaged. So I just clicked the button engaged and saw all the people that I was able to communicate with on Facebook. Um, Most of them I didn't know. And I just started messaging people like I have a a stationary business. I didn't say like I just started it and I've never had a client and I've never made it or printed anything. I just, and it wasn't a tactic. I just had so much confidence. Like I could do this. It's all the advertising. Exactly. Um, Which actually is a great foreshadowing of what I do now. But so I met with tons of um, men and women who lived in the La Mirada, California area um, and would, I had a three ring binder with a ton of spreads from wedding magazines and I had none of my own work I was even showing. I was just, it was about ideas. We would sit down, they would tell me about their wedding. I would pretty much had the whole binder memorized and I would flip to a page and say, based off of what you're saying, what if we did this mixed with this page, mixed with this page, um, in your colors, you know, we'll do that illustration of this flower that you're going to have at your wedding. And that was kind of how I sold the dream of what I was going to make was just using reference points. Um, I love this so much. I can't even think. (laughs) It's so like spontaneous and creative, right? Right. That it's just cool. That is cool. (laughs) So how long did you stay the route of being uh, like a stationary wedding kind of how long until it like evolved into more? Yeah. So about two years into running the business, I started to catch the attention of people that I wasn't spamming on Facebook, you know, just (laughs) random people who wanted to hire me. And that kind of turned into people who didn't need to hire me to make wedding stationary, but they were in the wedding industry. Maybe they were florists, photographers, wedding planners, And they would approach me and say, I really like your stationary work. Would you do my logo, my business cards, my website, Um, (laughs) different things like that in the branding world? Um, And so I was saying yes to every single type of project. Um, And so I said yes to those branding projects. And, you know, that was a huge learning curve. I mean, every single time you say yes to something new, you have so much to learn. Yeah. Um, but I had no formal training in how to, um, develop a brand, how to concept the, the aspects outside of, you know, or beyond just the logo. Um, so through doing failing, um, having a lot of people encourage me having assistance, um, I learned how to do branding and that became something that was, uh, like really interesting. And, uh, a big part of my story too, is kind of like the snowball effect of all that work I did to, to get new clients, all that Facebook spamming, reaching out to press, reaching out to people in the industry. Um, and that kind of created uh, like just all those seeds planted created kind of like a gigantic harvest. Um, and so I, at one summer I had over 50 clients And a mix of wedding stationery and branding. And I was just so overwhelmed by just the wealth of all of these projects and was still learning how to like manage pricing and manage um, the flow of a project and all of that. But that kind of set me on um, like a long adventure of trying to define like, you know, am I doing like how to do both weddings and branding. Wow. Did you have any help or were you, were you balancing all this all by yourself? Originally I was balancing it all by myself. And then I started to inquire um, just out there on my blog, like hiring interns, anybody out there? (laughs) Hello. Um, And actually 
at this point, my husband and I lived in Lancaster, California, which was over an hour north of where we went to college. And my first intern, her name was Emily. She went to the university I graduated from and she would take the train up. Um, to intern for me. I think on train, it was like over two hours, you know. Oh my heavens. I know. And um, I would pick her up at the train station, bring her to our house where I worked. We lived in this really cool artist loft that was like a live work community. Um, And so we worked in one of the rooms there. And she was my very first uh, designer intern um, assistance from the outside world. And um, that was kind of like what I continued to do for several years um, was I would say I have way too much work, so I need help. And I would bring on uh, different interns, different assistants, designers. And, but it was all kind of snowballing because sometimes when I would hire a new role, like at one point I hired um, someone to help me manage all of the inquiries that were coming in, people that wanted to work with me. And when she started managing that, it increased our sales 60%, which sounds good. But then you're like, well, now we need more design help. So it was just kind of like this, um, it felt so unmanageable. Like we, you know, you want to promote yourself. So you promote yourself. So then you get work, then you need people to answer those emails and then you book them and then you need people to help produce that work. And then, you know, it was just, it felt like I was getting further and further away from making the things I love. Um, sitting with people to hear their ideas and contribute my ideas. And instead I was like running this whole like beast. Of course. It was becoming a major company. Oh my Yeah. You know what it reminds me of so much? I just read this book called uh, Me, Bob, and a Tomato or something like that. And it's this story (laughs) of the guy that created Veggie Tales. That's probably not the name of the book, but it's something (laughs) tomato (laughs) but the same thing he was so gifted and he came up with the veggie tail idea and he could uh, do the graphics for it but then when they sold their first thing you know the first video then it all just started snowballing and then all these people wanted it and he had to have more um, illustrators, and he, then he had to have business people, then he had to have people to answer the phones, and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. you're right on par with that. Phil, Phil Vischer is his name. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Cool. Um, I'll have to read that book. Oh, my goodness. It was fascinating. Um, well, how, um, how big would you say your company was? Like, how many employees were you having at that point? So I had three employees. Okay. And then for a lot of the projects, you have to hire on subcontractors, whether that's photographers, web developers. I was always working with printers. So we had like a pretty big uh, list of people that were involved with projects, even if they weren't my employees. And how old were you? Um, I was, I think around that time, maybe I was 28. <laughs> you had like a full-blown company in your <laughs> Well, and you started at your senior year in college. I'm telling you what, I could not love this more. I just <laughs> not love this more. I mean, this is amazing. All right, so now, all right, I know I'm supposed to be asking you a question right now, but I have one question before I get to that question that is not part of it. So, but now it has snowballed into a much bigger company right now. Like, so yeah. what is, what do you do right now? Yeah, Um this probably isn't accurate, but my feeling of what I was doing was just putting out fires all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it felt like, you know, one of your vendors messed up. And so that becomes the top priority of your day. Yeah. Um, one of your employees was late on a delivery. So you're communicating with the client about what's going on. Um, somebody sent the wrong thing to print. And so you're figuring out how to amend that. And um, websites, pieces of it aren't working. Like, you know, whose fault is that? Mine, yes. the developers, the clients, you know? Um, so it just felt like every day was what's the emergency and I'll tackle mm-hmm. that first. Um, yeah. so and that can long- be overwhelming. That can be completely overwhelming. Really overwhelming. It's kind of like you start your day really defeated. Um, well, and you know what I think, I think that also is overwhelming even more so for a dreamer. Yes. I was just going to yeah. say for a creative. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's- I tell you, when I am in the middle of a, the worst thing that can happen is if I have got a great idea that I think is a great idea, for me to have to sit and put out fires in the middle of that, it zaps every bit of creativity out of me. And that's what I feel like I'm wired for is creativity. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's, it zaps you when it's like that. So I can't yeah. even imagine you're running a creative company and then having to deal with all the details to make it keep running. Right. Yeah. And, you're so right. I wish you had said that to me while I was <laughs> in the middle of that because, you know, a lot of times I was second guessing myself, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, mm. you know, I thought I was strong or I thought I was smart or I thought I made a good decision. And you're second guessing, like, what is wrong with me? Like, why is this all going so poorly? I thought I was better than this. Yeah. Um, and something that was like a bright spot in the midst of all of that was I moved out of my house and uh, for work and myself and my employees, we worked at a second space. And in that space, I got to be messy because, you know, you don't have to clean up for yes. you know, yes. life after work. Um, and I got to like explore um, some other creative endeavors that I didn't really know I was interested in. Um, and that was photo styling. So with the onset of Instagram around this time, I was getting to explore how to talk about what I do and the middle of a project and things I'm learning and things I'm making, what I'm inspired by and how to capture that through a photo to share that for marketing purposes, for a creative outlet. Um, I was styling like finished product, um, middle of the process and being able to like be messy and be free there and have like beautiful natural light really developed, uh, an, like sparked something new in me. So while part of me is dying and feeling defeated, another part of me was being energized and excited by this new creative endeavor. And, um, through sharing those photos, I was in addition to doing branding, in addition to doing weddings, I was starting being asked to do photo styling. And that was fun. One of my employees, Katie, she had a lot of experience as a photo stylist. And I learned so much from her. Um, and learning how to uh, like frame out and photograph the subject matter, tips and tricks that stylists know, um, that was super helpful for me as I was like getting to kind of like go back to that moment from college of playing with food and smearing it on like a canvas. Um, like I was getting to do that again, like taking objects that already exist and arrange them and bring a story to life, bring a message to life through objects and photos. Um, so that was kind of like the beautiful thing that happened amidst the putting out fires yeah. every day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, tell us about, cause, um, here it says, then came the five year spiral. Yeah. Um, so what was going on and tell us about that. Yeah. So I would say the moments that I'm talking about right now, were kind of near the end of that five year spiral. It's kind of on that. Once I started to hire, um, interns and then employees and bring on subcontractors, the spiral of, I have so much work. I need help. Help makes more work. I need more help. You know, just felt yeah. endless. Yeah. Um, so I'm working in this space. Um, it was two blocks from the condo my husband and I worked at, and, or sorry, lived at. And I could see our condo from the window of where my desk was at this studio space. And I just remember sitting there um, without my shirt on, which sounds weird, but it has to do with the fact that the heating and air conditioning was awful in that place. And even <laughs> when it was negative 10 outside, I was on fire upstairs <laughs> where I work. So I, when no one was there, I would take my sweater off. <laughs> um, and I just like, I just remember sitting there so hot, no sweater, negative 10 outside, looking at my condo being like, I thought if I had employees and I thought if I didn't work at home, my life would be better and it is significantly worse. And, um, several days later, my husband and I were looking at a project of mine on, um, the iPad at night, like casual, like it was supposed to be exciting. Like, look at this project we just finished. 
And my husband's like, why don't any of the videos play on this website? And I just threw the iPad and I was like, I'm done. I'm, I hate my business. I I don't want to do this anymore. And so pretty much as spontaneous as the development of the business business seemed like I'm over, I'm over. It's done as quick as it started. I can quit it. Um, and my husband, Jason was like, I, you know, he had been so supportive at every step. The first two years of the business, I call my unpaid internship. I literally made nothing. One project I did the math, I paid $11 to do a project, (laughs) you know, like I had no business savvy. And so, you know, he had been so supportive, so gracious, um, you know, extending, so much, he contributed so much financially of his own time. You know, he had a full-time job as a journalist and when he wasn't working, he was often helping me, whether it was manual labor of putting something together, discussing Mm -hmm. something, helping me with my bookkeeping. He was so involved. And at that moment in throwing the iPad and being like, I hate this. He was like, if you want to quit, I fully support you. We didn't even have a discussion about it. He just said, I'll support you no matter what direction you go. Um, mm. So the next morning, I, I spoke with each of my employees individually. And um, it, it's interesting when you're at this point where you feel defeated, but you're trying to save your dignity. And the discussions when you're sharing with people your new, quote, direction, which to me just yeah. feels like I quit. I failed. I'm <laughs> over it. You know, yeah. again, that marketing part of me comes alive. So, you know, the way I shared it with everybody is, you know, I'm going to go in a new direction. Could you help me finish these projects that you're on and work with me until we finish these projects? And everybody was so gracious. Um, I helped some of them find new jobs with um, other entrepreneur, entrepreneur friends of mine. Um, I gave them work that I was getting inquiries from. And I was really unclear, like, where what I was going to do next. Um, and I moved into a co-working space, which was such a blessing to be around other people that run their business. And the name of that co-working space was Restore. And when I think oh. about what happened for me in that space, like that name just rings like just it's dead on for like what happened for me there. Um, so I moved there with one of my employees who was helping me continue to work on the wedding side of the business. Um, that was a more challenging aspect to shut down because these people, you know, you kind of feel obligated, like you're getting married. I have to help you finish this. Right. And I had been kind of removed from the wedding aspect uh, because my employees were great at handling that communication. I was probably more involved with the branding side at that point. Um, And Again, like in my pursuit of like bigger, better for my company at that point, we were working on really big weddings, um, celebrity weddings, um, like million dollar weddings. So like the projects were ginormous and like really weighty. And um, I was just like, I don't like this. Like this is so much pressure. And I I was, um, it was kind of like my last thing I was doing. And I'm like, I don't like this either. <laughs> And so you're kind of like, I guess I don't have a job anymore. And I was meeting with older business owners, getting advice. Um, One of the pieces of advice was get a job, you know, do, do quit the business, get a job, applied for jobs. And that was clearly not the direction God had for me. I was, I feel like I was in a cloak of invisibility in all of those uh, interviews. They didn't understand me, what I had done, what I could do. Um, One person would say, I don't know why you want to work here. I feel like we would sell your product here. Like you'd be so bored. Ah. And then another person would say, so you've never had a job. And you're like, I mean, I've worked with literally hundreds of clients and you know, you're just like, okay, no one gets it. Nobody gets it. Um, And so I started to have to say yes to some of the inquiries I was receiving because I had run myself out of a job. I was, I was saying no to every email. The um, hiring managers were saying no to me. And so I said yes to one project. And I thought, I will apply some of the things I've learned from the, the kind people who have sat down with me and given me advice. And um, But something I'm spinning into this is I'm going to do these projects fast. Because when I do get a job, I don't want to be doing this and my job. So I would 
I would ask the client, like, I need you to commit to daily meetings to get this project done. Um, and so they're like, okay. And so I finished the first project and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I actually made good money on that. And it went really fast. And then they referred me to somebody. So I said yes to that. And I just, it was like, it went from project to project. There wasn't like this overflow, this 50 client list. Mm -hmm. It was just one project. And as that finished the next project, um, and something that I think about, um, is in the Bible, there's a story about, uh, the Israelites walking through the desert with Moses and they have no food, they have no home and God provides manna for them. And that is this food that comes miraculously from the sky and they're instructed, don't store up too much of it in your tent or it's going to rot. And I just thought like, that's what I did. I stored up this provision I was given and it rotted and it just became so out of control. Like something that could have been beautiful got so rotten. Um, And so I was just taking project by project, completing them, doing my best effort, working on them swiftly so that I wouldn't get behind and need help. And in a quarter, I'd pay, I had run up 60 grand in debt from moving into a new space, having the employees, you know, during that, <laughs> that snowball effect that was happening. And I paid off all that debt in a quarter from applying what I had learned. And I had included a lot of people in on what was happening with me. And so they would check in, how are you doing? How are the job interviews? Um, and so it was cool as I got to report to them, like, I'm not applying for a job anymore. Like God saved my business and I'm not going to let things rot. And I am using, you know, new things that I learned in my pricing so that I can do the creative part that I'm passionate about well. And I'm also really interested in doing more of this photo styling thing, you know, that I got an opportunity to try out at my old studio. Um, And through being open with people and letting them know what I was up to, that led to taking on new photo styling jobs, which then led me to learn about photo directing, which then led me to like having confidence and building up teams again. Um, I have no employees, but I hire pretty big teams for every project. Designers, web developers, printers, photographers, models, hair and makeup, um, people to help run production. So it's been just like a radical transformation from about 2016 till now um, of like getting to rebuild my confidence and get to express and do the creative things that I love, um, but without any of the rot. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So you, I mean, are you working with companies, with churches? Like what kind of, what kind of clientele do you, are you working with individuals? So I work with um, small businesses mostly. So usually they have 50 and under employees. And I, a lot of um, giftable female-focused products. So jewelry, candles, um, things in the wedding industry, um, things in beauty. Um, uh, I've also worked with people like bigger corporations um, like Cheerios um, and other like food-focused companies that you could find at the grocery store. So it's, it's kind of, um, there's kind of like those two segments, like my small business people, and then getting to work with the creative people that are on the smaller teams at the bigger corporations. I love this so much. I just can't even stand it. (laughs) It is so exciting. I mean, every, and the thing I love most is literally every day is a different kind of adventure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I'm telling you, as someone like myself who tends to get bored easily sometimes, (laughs) that is a dream because I think creatives and dreamers do get bored because you can't just sit and do the same thing over and over and over again. Right. Yes. Oh, I can't even imagine how exciting that is for you. (laughs) It is. It's really fun. And something I've been doing that I really love too is helping um, my clients with product development. So that means they come and they say, I have an idea. I have this new product I want to make. And, um, it's cool because it's not necessarily a service that I like list out. You know, they usually people are, they're looking for a really cut and dry, like service list. Like you can make my website, you can make my app, 
you can make a photo shoot. And what's cool is I feel like I really gained the trust of the people that I work with and it spins into so many other things um, that don't necessarily make sense to list as a service. But once you build that trust and that creative relationship, you have these really fun conversations um, and get to dream up and help other entrepreneurs and creatives develop something and like have this back and forth and do research together and make mock-ups and that part I've just been loving where you, you know, I work by myself and yet I'm always in communication with other people. And so that feeling of like, we're in it together, developing this thing is one of my favorite things of what I get to do right now. Well, the thing I love about your story is that God knows exactly how he wired you Yeah, and putting like everything that was happening at one time became overwhelming. But then giving you what you need each day for just that day or just that season. I love that he, he really does take into consideration the personalities he's given us. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, he gave you the manna of what you needed right there in that moment. Yeah. Because everything else was becoming, I'm telling you, I, because I know, I mean, oh my goodness, what we're doing on is such a smaller scale than you are. But this little podcast that we've been doing now for almost two years, it started with just like Katie and I right here. And it was just this little bit. And then all of a sudden it's gone like, and my brain does not work that way. I'm the, uh, hey, woohoo, yay, let's do this. (laughs) And so some of the things that we're being forced to think about. Yeah. No, it does, my brain does not always compute that way. Yeah. And I love your story is reminding me that God truly and sincerely takes into consideration the way that he has created us to the way that he's going to care for the ideas he's given us. Yeah. Because that's what you know, I'll have this discussion with God about. I'm like, okay, so you've given me this idea. I don't know how to get it across the finish line, but yeah. yet I know you've given it to me. And what you're showing me in your story is, he sincerely considers the way he's wired us into getting our ideas that he has also given us across the finish line. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it so much. Yeah. I love it. So- Katie, you know, this is right up my alley. I you know, know. <laughs> I can, I, I can see your face just glowing. Like <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask more questions. I know me and my bedhead is sitting here asking. Like, oh. <laughs> Well, Megan, did your move from um, California to Minneapolis, did that coincide with your job kind of different direction or not? Or Yeah, I, we moved here in 2012. And so that was kind of in the middle of that um, time where I was like hiring a lot of people oh, to help right. me. And actually, when I got here, I had been interviewing interns and designers Um, and I hired five college interns and little did they know they were my only friends here (laughs) for that whole summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the creative community in Minneapolis is so welcoming. I felt so welcomed right off the bat. Um, I had the most kind, gracious friend. Uh, her name is wing. She reached out to me like right when I moved here, like let me show you like the cool restaurants to eat at. Let me introduce you to other people that are, that you probably would want to know. Here's where you should get your hair cut. Like she gave me like a map to figuring out the city and the community. Um, And then my husband and I became really involved at our church here. Uh, It's called River Valley Church. Yeah. Yeah, Where I met Portia. Yeah. Yeah. She moved here maybe right after we moved here. Uh, maybe months after, but that became uh, the source of community for us. We have no family here. And, uh, but, you know, it's been beautiful to like meet friends that you can like have Easter with, you know, cause you're not going home for that friends to celebrate your birthday with um, friends to talk about nonsense, friends to talk about the deep things, people to carry your story when, you know, everything feels rotten um, so that has been, it has been such a beautiful move to be here. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, did you go, did you happen to go to that sparkle conference last week? I did. Yes. Yeah. Cause, uh, my mentors, uh, Susan and Steve Blunt, they, yes. um, 
Yeah. And so she was sending me videos of Portia on stage. Yeah. And then I was forwarding the videos to uh, Katie and to Gwen. And I was <laughs> like, oh, to be a fly on the wall. We would like, <laughs> everything looked, just looks so, and everything was so beautiful and, and creative. And oh, it was just so lovely. Yeah, it was, yeah. Portia that did right job. up your alley. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it's so fun. Uh, many of the different people who are part of like the creative teams, um, like I know who they are or, or their friends. And it's so fun to get to see all of their hard work in this huge convention center and to say like, I know that person, that inspiring video or graphic or storytelling. Like I know those people, like I'm so inspired and I'm so encouraged to uh, get to like be around people who yeah. have like the abilities to make these dreams come to life. I love that so much. Yeah, there you go. I love that. Now, let me ask you, we ask every single guest this, um, what is the one thing that you want people to remember from your story? That's a good question. I think, um, well, this I haven't even shared yet. So this will be the bonus. Oh, good. Yeah. Hang on to this. So, um, with that whole story of the manna, um, my husband, Jason, he was like, you know, God never intended the Israelites to eat manna forever. He, they were headed towards what is called the promised lands, the, the place that they were going, that was going to be their home, the land of milk and honey. Um, and so that means there's so much more than just this bread falling from the sky. And he would challenge me like, God wants you to go towards the land of milk and honey. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't, even though I help other people bring their daydreams to life, I don't know what my dream is because honestly, I feel a little uncertain of myself. And so he, and he said this to me in like, uh, probably the end of 2016. Um, and I'm kind of like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And I don't know how to go towards more. I'm just trying to be responsible with what I'm given and, and to not let it rot. And, um, so I've, for, you know, two years been kind of circling around that. Um, and at the start of 2019, I started to read in the Bible, the story of the Israelites receiving the manna and then going through the desert and arriving in what's called Canaan. That was the land of milk and honey, the promised land. And, um, I just have been circling those stories for a year, just reading and rereading. And, um, the thing that I want people to remember, and the thing that really struck me is when they come across this land, this overflowing, there's like grapes that are the size of people's heads. And, you know, just like, a mate, like if we're just talking food and comparison, like instead of eating this bread that falls from the sky and eating the exact same thing every day, we're talking like amazing food in this new place. And it says um, that this food, this land, it's all cared for by God and that they didn't have to do anything to receive it, that he had watered this land and all of this vegetation and this fruit and the animals and everything just were there because he was caring for it and they didn't earn it. It was a gift. And so that was something that I took away from that. Like that's what it means for me to walk into all that I'm promised to and for more is I don't have to earn it. I have to just walk towards it. And like all of the promptings that I'm given for like what's next, the little pieces of a dream of where I'm supposed to go in my personal life and my business, I, I don't have to earn it. It is a mm -hmm. gift, but I just got to walk towards it so that I can receive it. That is beautiful. And I, Come on, and I, that was good. Just following the pattern of your story I can see how you really live that out. And, and you didn't let fear arrest you and keep you in mm -hmm. a spot like, like you had that tipping point where you're, you're watching the video or you're, you're looking at a project and it's yeah. like, that's it. I'm done. I've yeah. got to get out of this. Yeah. And you didn't let fear hold you back and keep you just stuck in a rut. Like, well, I can't just walk away. This is my business. I've got it keep, keep on keeping on. I, you know, I'm not getting to be creative, but I have to just do it. You just said done tipping point. <laughs> and I like the way you're, you're kind of following the desires and the new, the new 
areas that he's uncovering for you. And then you jump right in and learn about it. And it brings joy to you and excitement. <laughs> and I, I just feel like, wow, you really are experiencing being led by the Holy Spirit yeah. and responding to him in just a beautiful way, not having it all figured out in right. advance. Right. We all seem to want to have it all figured out in advance. <laughs> exactly. And then we're going to walk towards it. But I like your spontaneity of, okay, well... <laughs> Let's try this. (laughs) I don't know. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. It really is. Megan, if anybody, which I know they're going to be dying to, if they want to follow you on social media, how can they do that? On Instagram, my handle is maymay, M-A-E-M-A-E underscore co, C-O. Okay. Well, I'm actually typing it in right now. (laughs) (laughs) You can put that on our social. Services. I know. I just look how cute you are. Look how cute you. Oh, your feet is so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh my heavens, Katie! I know you are not on Instagram, but this is so beautiful. <laughs> I need to get on that. Don't even ask me why I'm not, Maggie. I know. But you're saving but yourself a lot of time by not having it. But. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so beautiful. That is so good. Oh, thanks, Susan. Megan, thank you for being with us. What a treat. I'm telling you this. In, um, something is burning in me that I'm like, wait a minute. We need to get Megan on some of our projects. <laughs> you know we do, Katie. I told you at the beginning of this podcast, watch out. Susan is going to go crazy. <laughs> well, because we've got, well, I can't even talk about it right now because we haven't come up to fruition, but we've got this idea that we're going to do for 2020. And I'm telling you, we need to get you to help us with that project. I would love to. I would love to. I know. To. I'm be so excited. I can't even stand it. I have to say this to Megan. It, when we interview people like you, I'm so sad that it's only audio to our listeners and not video. Because you literally radiate way of the Lord, just your strength. And there is just such a sparkle in your eyes. And I was just reading this book about um, spiritual disciplines. Mm, I was saying he feels one of the most important ones that we never talk about is the discipline of celebration Mm. and joy. Yeah. So important to heaven. In heaven, you know, yeah, yeah. you radiate joy and just enthusiasm for life and for the gifts God has given you and for interacting with people and watching their dreams come alive. And um, so I wish our listeners could see somehow. And I'll tell you this, um, I have a, um, my son, my oldest is my son is in college. Actually, yeah. he was just in Minnesota visiting Portia and, and uh, Clinton. Uh, about a month or so ago. But oh, anyway. I met him. Oh, did you meet Joshua? Yeah. yeah. We oh, sat together at a wedding reception. Oh. That's right. He did go yeah. to wedding reception. Yeah. He and he's like, studying, oh, he's studying film, right? Huh? He's studying film. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was about to say is that I'm going to get him to listen to this because I think anyone that has a college student right now needs to listen to this episode because is college kids, especially college creatives, they have 5 million ideas a day. I mean, yeah. literally yeah. 5 million ideas a day. And I could see this forming in Joshua as he was growing. And um, my husband and I could not be more opposite. Um, whereas I am like, oh, I got an idea. Ed is the steady Freddy. And he keeps us <laughs> from like, going bankrupt or something. Because he's like, He's the rational and I'm the irrational, but I would watch Joshua walk in the house with an idea and he would say, mom, I have an idea of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, before I could even drop my backpack off, Ed would be like, you know, that's not going to work, Susan. Right. And I'm like, Hey, just let him dream. Yeah. And then he'll figure out it's not going to work right. or God will show up and it will work out major. Right. right. And so what I would love is if parents were to listen to this episode and they have got kids in college that are dreamers and creatives and mm-hmm. they're saying, I got an idea. What I love is that you were a senior in college and you started your first company. Yeah. I mean, it's so doable. And I think sometimes we as parents, because we have lived in the rationale of what should and should not be able to accomplish. But man, sometimes as parents, we forget about the supernatural of what God can do. 
and what God can do through young people. And I just want college parents to listen to this and say, okay, when your kid comes home at Christmas break and has an idea to change the world, you need to say, just keep showing up, buddy, and keep going. Because maybe you can, maybe you can, and look what God can do. Yeah, absolutely. I love love this. I think there is somebody listening right now that needs permission to be able to dream again. Mm, And sometimes as we um, either we get stuck in a job that we think we can never get out of, or we get stuck in um, a situation of life that we don't think we can ever get out of. We think as we age that we can't Mm. keep dreaming. And I think, I think if God has created you as a dreamer, you are never too old to see that dream come to fruition. Okay. And I think, and if you are young and you've got a dream and you think I'm too young, God uses everything and he never wastes anything. And I just think somebody that's listening to this today, you've given them permission to dream again. And you've also given them permission to walk away from something or just to keep walking towards something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. No, it's, oh, you're good. And I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> Megan, thank you. And I'm good. we're going to put all of your handles um, up on social media. Oh, I might lose you guys in a second. My, my uh, battery is at 2%. Oh, shoot. Okay. Then we will have to say goodbye then, won't we? We will just have to say goodbye. But I know. And you have been an absolute delight, oh, darling. Thank you so much. Thanks, Susan. Giving us. All right. You have a good day. You too. All right. Bye, love guys. Bye, ladies. Love you, listeners. Bye. Bye.